0: What is going on everyone? Thanks for listening to the first ever episode number one of the New York Sports Speed Podcast. My name is Rich Piazza and together, well, really just me, we'll be talking about our New York sports teams. For those of you that want to hear about hockey, Rangers, Islanders, you're going to have to keep looking elsewhere because this is not the show for you. Unless maybe it's playoff time and we bring in someone that actually knows what the hell they're talking about because I do not. So I do not want to talk about something that I have no clue what I'm talking about, and that is hockey. We will be talking about about Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees, Knicks, and Nets. And for your fantasy football players, you need to check out my other show called Fantasy Shed On Air, which you can find on any podcasting app right now. And of course, on the site, fantasyshed.com, where you will find not only my podcast, but also the content you need for the fantasy season. Alright, that's enough about plugging myself. Let's get into it. We will begin the show talking about the big topic right now in New York sports, and that is the NFL free agency. And we are going to start with the New York Giants today, simply because they have had less movement, less signings, than the New York Jets have right now. And I don't want the first show to go on and on and on longer than it should be, so we're going to stay with the New York Giants for this first show. Now there is a good chance that perhaps more has happened in free agency since this recording here on March 20th, because this is a new show, and sometimes new shows take some time getting on pod- on podcasting platforms for the first time. So it is what it is. And I don't know, maybe in time we'll do some live streaming shows on on YouTube or somewhere else. I don't know, who knows. But for right now, there is a chance that more has happened from the time I'm recording this to the time you are listening to it, and one of the things is is Kenny Galladay, which I will get to in a little bit. As of right now, he is not a member of the Giants. He's not a member of anybody right now. He is still a free agent, but that could change. That could change during the show. If it does, I will let you know, but even if that happens, you would have found out about that signing before you listen to this anyway. So, the G-Man began free agency over the salary cap. They've made some moves, some curious ones, and they got themselves where they need to be. They re-signed Leonard Williams after placing the franchise tag on him, and that is something that had to happen. Williams has found a nice home on the other side of MetLife after being traded from the Jets to the Giants, and it's a trade that clearly paid off for them. In fact, it could be a trade that pays off for the Jets as well. They used that third-round pick last season to select safety Ashton Davis... Who they do like a lot, and they have the Giants' fifth-round pick this upcoming draft as well. So we'll see what they do there. But Leonard Williams had 11 and a half sacks a season ago. But do you question a player having a career season in a contract year? He is a top-five pedigree. Some had him as the best overall player in that 2015 draft. So the talent is there. But I don't know. I'm always a little skeptical when you have somebody. And Williams wasn't ever. He wasn't bad. He he just when he was with the Jets and when he first got over to the Giants, he didn't live up to that that potential, that top five, actually it was a six pick, but that that top of the draft talent. And now you have somebody in a contract year all of a sudden have 11 and a half sacks having his best season. And of course, money is a motivator. I I think it'd be silly if you say it's not. So will he have the same drive? And the same success that he had a season ago. I think they had to do it anyway. He's somebody that you had to you had to make sure that you kept in house. You gave up two picks for him. He had a good year. You had to make sure that you kept him in house. Putting the franchise tag on him was the right thing to do. And then signing him long term was also was also the right thing to do. It cleared up some more salary cap for this year as well. So I like it. They had to do it. It was, this, it was a smart move by the Giants to make sure that you get Leonard Williams under contract. Then you have Nate Shoulder. And he also received a new contract in order to clear up some capital. Now, Solder opted out of the 2020 pandemic season. And he wasn't very good in 2019 as a pass block, as a pass blocker. In fact, he had a pass block rating of under 67 and a run block rating of under 53. What's interesting here is the is they kept or restructured Solder, but released interior lineman uh, Kevin Zeitler, who, Zeitler, maybe I'm saying that wrong, who had grades of at least 73 in, in both those categories last season. So maybe they should have went the other route. They kept Zeitler, but released Solder. Now, I think the dead cap hit might have been a little more had they done that. But Zeidler played well, and it did not take him long to find a new home. I believe he signed with Baltimore, you know, coming off of a very good season. There was some other housekeeping moves as well. But let's look at who they brought in from the outside. And this is in no particular order, okay? Running back, Devontae Booker. Nice season with Vegas last year. He was a nice backup for Barkley. And he may be a slight upgrade over Wayne Gama when it comes to Receiving and pass blocking. But I personally like Gallman as a runner. I would have kept Gallman. And maybe the Giants do end up keeping Gallman as well. But I could see why the Giants went in this direction with Devontae Booker. Um, As I mentioned, uh, receiving and pass blocking are two areas that he is an upgrade over Gallman in. So we'll see. He does provide some nice, uh, nice depth there. I'm just surprised that they... And they signed him rather quickly in free agency. So I'm surprised that he was actually one of their first moves that they felt they had to or wanted to make. But again, minor moves, nothing to get excited about and nothing that's going to make or break a salary cap or anything like that. And then you have John Ross. And is he really as bad as we think he is? A former top 10 overall pick, blazing speed. I do think the talent is there. But is the durability there? I mean, injuries have probably been the key ingredient in Ross not living up to his potential. And when healthy, the Bengals just didn't seem to need him. He did um, he did request a trade last season, and I'm surprised they didn't grant his wishes. I mean, really, why have him just sit on the bench and then leave for nothing? I know he was a debt piece and, and he was used sparingly, but you probably could have gotten a late-round pick for him, which is nothing great, but it's something rather than you know, rather than him leaving for nothing. So, these aren't moves that are going to excite you or put you over the top. I'm just, you know, these are the moves that they've made so far. And another under-the-radar signing is Afide Odenimbo. Again, nothing that's going to blow you away, but they are nice signings. You need depth in this league. The Giants have done a nice job of doing that so far. And remember, they've had a very limited amount of money. They still do. So it's surprising that the Giants are even in on Kenny Galladay the way they are. And they're going to have to do more with their roster if they want to sign him. Now, here's another move I like, right? I like Kyle Rudolph. Is this the end, or does this signing mean the end of Evan Ingram? No. Daffel. They are a different type of tight ends. Rudolph is somebody who will come in here and be able to block in line, while also being able to go out and run some routes. And it can't hurt he's another end zone target. But this is just another thing that defenses will have to game plan for when both these guys are out there together. Let Ingram line up all over the place and create those greater mismatches. And I was never a big fan of Ingram personally, coming out of college and entering the draft. And I did think the Giants reached a little bit on him. I also thought, though, he was a better suited as a wide receiver, but obviously I was wrong there because he's had trouble catching the ball, at least last year. So I like having Rudolph with Ingram. Some people saw this as in, as a way, okay, we have Rudolph now. they will look in another direction and trade Ingram. That might be possible. That might be what the plan is. Maybe that's their next move if they're going to sign Kenny Galladay. Who knows? I like having both of them. I like having both of them on the field at the same time. Reggie Ragland, again, depth. There's not much to be said here. High expectations coming out of the draft. Had never materialized. Giants hope they find something, and he just provides a little bit of depth. Now, Mike Lennon. This is a move Giants fans hope never sees the field. There were better options to be a backup quarterback Mike Glennon is now the backup to Daniel Jones. Again, there's not much to be said. You hope you he never sees the field. Now, big question at this point, anyway. And before I even record that, let me refre- uh, refresh my f- Twitter feed. And okay, I do. He has not signed. Okay, the big question at this point is Kenny Galladay. I mentioned him earlier. I predicted Galladay to the Giants in a recent article for Fantasy Pros as well as in my free agent prediction episode on my other show. Here's what I wrote. I'm just going to read you what I wrote. All right. Kenny Galladay to the New York Giants makes a ton of sense for both the player and the team. The Giants will need to do some work to clear enough money and cap space in order to make this happen. But there is enough there with the roster to do so. Bringing in the 6-4 receiver would be a perfect complement to Sterling Shepard and Darius Clayton and would give third-year quarterback Daniel Jones a much-needed big-body target. With the Giants, we could potentially see Galladay get back or close to his 2019 form when he had 65 receptions, over 1,100 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So, as I said earlier, in order to make a move like this, they need to clear about another 15 to 20 million dollars in cap space. Which, for the Giants, might be harder to do than other teams because Gettelman has said he doesn't like to restructure contracts. He says he's opposed to it. It's like kicking the can down the street. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to put the money in the future. Which is surprising because at his age... That's exactly what he should want to do. He should want to put the money in the future and let it be somebody else's problem because he's probably not long for here. So I believe the Giants are roughly a little under $2 million under the cap right now. You have to imagine Galladay, who was who rumored to be looking at 18 He wanted $18.5 million. He wanted that half million more than Allen Robinson. He's not going to get that. I mean, we see what the market is like right now. And when you look at what the Patriots did in bringing in uh, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and the contracts they signed and even the Jets with Corey Davis, it's about $13 million a year. Had they waited, I mean, I don't know who, who was after who at what point, but if, had they waited, they might have gotten those guys for less. Look at Juju Smith-Schuster. He signed a one-year, $8 million contract to return to Pittsburgh. Now, there is reports that he he turned down higher offers from, um, I believe it was the Ravens, from the Chiefs, and he turned down um, a multi-year offer from Philadelphia. But I don't know if the annual price was, was that much more than $8 million. And he's somebody that... We said, and we being almost everybody, was saying that he's one of the top free, agent, free agents available. And one year, $8 million? Very interesting. So there's no way. And look at what Alan Robinson did. This is very smart, if you think about it. I don't want to get too much off topic here. But Alan Robinson, who doesn't want to be in Chicago, he didn't want to be or have the franchise tag. And he knows that Kenny Galladay was visiting with the Bears. Now, what the Bears could have been doing is maybe, maybe they were trying to pair Galladay with Robinson, but the Bears have some cap issues themselves. Or the Bears might be looking to or were looking for, or maybe still are, looking to sign Galladay and then rescind the franchise tag to Robinson. Now, what that does would make Robinson a free agent. It would make him a free agent, though, when all these other teams are now spending their money on other players at the position or other positions or whatnot. So what if Robinson was available at the start of free agency, he would have gotten a, probably a much larger deal. But he wasn't because he was tagged. So Robinson signed that tag, and I'm getting a little bit off topic from the Giants, but it all ties in here. Robinson was tagged, and he, he signed it, surprisingly, because he was said that he wasn't going to sign it. He wasn't playing under the franchise tag. So now that you sign it, you're now obligated to go to these offseason workouts and all this stuff. So by signing it now, they can't rescind it. So that might take them out of the, of the running for Kenny Galladay. And another reason why he signed it is because he's looking at the market. Juju gets $8 million. They're offering Kenny Galladay. What? If I hit the market now with the money drying up, I'm not going to get anywhere near what I want to make. So let me sign this tag, play one year under $18 million, come back next year as a free agent when the cap is going to probably be about $25 million more, most likely. And get paid then. Smart move. Smart move. Now what does this have to do with the Giants? Because he did that, it probably takes the Bears out, like I said. So now Kenny Galladay's options are now also running out. Which which puts the Giants in a great position. And I believe it's either the Giants or the Bengals right now. Well, the two teams who were really after him. He's still in New York as of this recording. Nothing's been done, though. So I do expect something to be done shortly, which means he will be probably somewhere prior to you listening to this. And that's fine. So rather than have the Bears, the Giants, and the Bengals, now it's just the Bengals-Giants. so Robinson may have helped you out, Giants fans. That's what this whole thing meant, and that's how this all tied in. So we'll see what else the Giants do. There is still more room for the Jets. I'll get to my Jets episode. It will be the next episode. That will probably come out shortly after this one, I hope. But the Giants don't have a lot of flexibility right now. They'll have to create something if they are going to sign Galladay, who again would be a perfect fit for this team. I would love to see Galladay with the Giants for all the reasons and more that I mentioned in, in the article that I read to you that I wrote for Fancy Pros. You give Daniel Jones that six foot four, number one receiver, 27 years old, with Shepard on the other side, Slayton, or I should say Slayton on the other side, and Shepard at the slot, most likely, move Evan Ingram around if they're going to keep him. You got a lot of weapons. You got a lot of end zone targets there, Daniel Jones. And you look for him to bounce back and have a, or as I say, move forward and have a better third year than his crosstown counterpart over there in Sam Darnold. Because what's going to happen is the Giants are going to be in the same exact position next year that the Jets are in this year. So you hope to see a lot more from Daniel Jones this year. And bringing in some like Galladay would certainly do that. There'd be no excuses. See, the Jets still have an excuse. No weapons around him. You know, so maybe we're really not sure on what Sam Darnold is. You bring Galladay in, and Daniel Jones does not have those excuses. His old line might not be great, but he has a top running back, and then he'd have a true number one receiver with other, other good parts. That's something the Jets did not give Darnold. So I just wanted to refresh to make sure he wasn't signed before anything. He was not. That is going to do it, guys, for the first show of New York Sports Beat. Again, Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees, Knicks, Nets, no hockey. Please subscribe. They'll be up on all your podcasting apps soon. There will be some. Good stuff going on with the show. So please subscribe to that. Please subscribe to the other show, Fantasy Shed, on air as well for you fantasy football players. And even if you don't play fantasy football, I don't care. Just subscribe anyway. I would appreciate that. Thanks for listening. We will talk soon.